The reading this morning is Psalm 21. The king rejoices in your strength, Lord. How great is his joy in the victories you give. You have granted him his heart's desire and have not withheld the request of his lips. You came to greet him with rich blessings and placed a crown of pure gold on his head. He asked you for life and you gave it to him, length of days forever and ever. Through the victories you gave, his glory is great. You have bestowed on him splendor and majesty. Surely you have granted him unending blessings and made him glad with joy in your presence. For the king trusts in the Lord. Through the unfailing love of the Most High, he will not be shaken. Your hand will lay hold on all your enemies. Your right hand will seize your foes. When you appear for battle, you will burn them up as a blazing furnace. The Lord will swallow them up in his wrath, and his fire will consume them. You will destroy their descendants from the earth, their posterity from mankind. Though they plot evil against you and devise wicked schemes, they cannot succeed. You will make them turn their backs when you aim at them with drawn bow. Be exalted in your strength, Lord. We will sing and praise your might. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks very much, Johnny and the band, and good morning, everyone. And it's lovely to be here this morning. Um, uh, for those maybe who were here earlier and going to endure uh, listening to this for the second time, uh, I've opted to go for the face mic uh, because I was having severe difficulties with this thing, um, uh, the mic on the lectern. That's because when I uh, take my glasses off, I can't see you, but when I put my glasses on, I can't see this. Um, so uh, I have that a little bit of a problem. So I'll be, uh, and, and because of that, you see, I can then take from the back, you know, say, come forward or do this or do that. So anyhow, you'll forgive, forgive me if, um, if I miss some of those cues. It's, uh, it's lovely to be here this morning and I say it's wonderful also to be reminded through these songs of the sovereignty of God. Uh, God is in control. Uh, times, there can be at times when we fear that God has lost control, that the world is out of control, that even our lives are out of control. But the good thing to remind ourselves this morning, and God willing, we will do that, God loves us with such a love, he never, never loses control. And we just pray this morning that uh, just that sense of his peace and his presence will just pervade everything that we do. I want to read, and thank you, Eileen, for the reading this morning from uh, Psalm 21. Um, it's a wonderful psalm, but then all the psalms are magnificent, um, and each one is a gem in its own right. But the opening part of this psalm, which is really what I want to concentrate my thoughts on this morning, says, O Lord, in your strength the king is glad, and in your salvation how greatly he will rejoice. You have given him his heart's desire and you have not withheld the request of his lips. You have given him his heart's desire. And that's what I want to think about this morning. And, and I wonder, 
What would be your greatest wish if you had the opportunity to choose? What would that wish be? There's a wonderful story as part of the Arabian Nights collection of fables, the story of Aladdin and the Wonderful Lamp. Um, and it's a, if anyone's read it, and I, I suspect some have been maybe to a pantomime or you've watched the film, maybe some have uh, actually read the book or read the fable, but it's a fascinating story into the world of make-believe, a story which captures the imagination of the genie of the lamp who can grant any wish asked for and capture what might be the ultimate desire of your heart. However, as Aladdin discovered, securing our greatest wish is not as simple as it sounds. That's an intriguing story, and it invites the obvious question, the one we have already asked. If you had a single wish, what would you ask for? Well, it's not an easy question to answer because there are undoubtedly lots of things we would like to have. There are also lots of things we would like to see changed for the better, and many things we would like to see come to an end. All of which makes it really difficult to decide which is best, which is most important, or what might bring the greatest pleasure or positive change to our lives or to the lives of others. A further problem with this question is when we consider how life can change, it can fluctuate depending on the circumstances we face. And so the picture perhaps of someone traveling alone and lost in a hot desert makes it easy to understand why this particular traveler would have the greatest wish for water. Without water, he will certainly die. Or perhaps a picture of someone trapped by ice and snow and the chill winds increasing their pain. Almost certainly their wish, their greatest wish, would be for warmth and shelter. Or consider to a yachtsman adrift on an angry ocean with a broken mast and a flooded engine. He will wish to be rescued and return safely to shore. The unforgiving sea will eventually destroy the boat and with it the sailor will be lost. And doubtless, there are thousands of people, in fact, there are millions of people in Ukraine who wish for peace. That would be their greatest wish, and an end to the war. And our hearts bleed for this nation, which has been so brutally attacked and tortured by Russia. What we can pray for, and what we should be praying for, is for God's justice and for this war to end. That there will be no more death and destruction. But as we reminded ourselves at the beginning, God is still sovereign. God is in control. We may not understand what's going on, but believe that God is still in control. Now these illustrations and many others that we could write paint a very vivid picture of how our greatest wishes can be influenced if not decided by the circumstances we find ourselves in. So this perhaps then changes or devolves or question to ask something slightly different, and that would be what would be the greatest desire of your heart? What is the greatest desire of my heart? Rather than just a wish, what is my greatest desire? Is there one thing that would never change despite our circumstances? One thing that remains constant throughout our entire lives? Something that is much more than just a wish for temporary pleasure, which will fade with time and ultimately disappear. 
Aladdin. He wished to be a prince in order to marry the princess he loved. For others, their greatest wish would be for untold riches and luxurious living. A mansion in the country, perhaps, or a villa by the sea, or why not both? For some, it may be for health and healing from sickness, and there could be those who simply ask for happiness, and for others, a simple request for peace. Well, the possibilities are endless, and they offer a rich, fertile ground for our wildest imaginations. But then we all know there is no such thing as the genie of the lamp and no such opportunity to request our greatest wish or desire. Or is it? Is that actually true? The story of Solomon in the Bible is another fascinating insight into the possibilities of what if. And we pick up this wonderful story in 1 Kings. Now Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of his father David, except he sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. The king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings in that altar, and in Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream at night and said, ask what you wish me to give you. Then Solomon said, You have shown great loving kindness to your servant David, my father, according as he walked before you in truth and righteousness and uprightness of heart towards you. And you have reserved for him this great loving kindness that you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, yet I am but a little child. I do not know how to go out or to come in. Your servant is in the midst of your people, which you have chosen, a great people, who are too many to be numbered and counted. So give your servant an understanding heart to judge and discern between good and evil. And it was pleasing in the sight of the Lord that Solomon had asked such a thing. God said to him, because you have asked this thing and not asked for yourself long life, you have, asked rich, you have not asked riches for yourself, nor have you asked for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself discernment to understand justice. Behold, I have done according to your words. Behold, I have given you a wise and discerning heart, so that there has not been one like you before you, nor shall one arise after you. I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there will be not any among the kings like you all your days. If you walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will prolong your days. Then Solomon awoke, and behold, it was a dream. Well, it may have been a dream, but the evidence of the Lord's promise to Solomon was immediately evident and demonstrated in the case of the two prostitutes who came quarreling over a baby and who was the actual mother. Solomon's unorthodox judgment was seen to be wise beyond comparison and quickly resolved the issue by commanding the baby be cut in two and half given to each woman. The responses of the women to this gruesome judgment determined who the true mother of the child actually was. God had granted Solomon's wish, 
However, the events of later life would determine or would undermine Solomon's wisdom and his wealth and his many wives would become a snare of pain to him. The story of Solomon has always been a children's favorite uh, and no doubt fueled the imagination of so many of what could have been requested. But like us, if we were given such a choice as what do you want me to give you? What would we ask for? You know, this invitation came from God himself to Solomon. What do you wish me to give you? The one thing about God is his generosity. And we will think about that shortly as well. Well, to say, ask what you wish me to give you and how would we respond? And remarkably, the Bible is full of illustrations of this invitation and with them the opportunities to ponder the question and the responsibility of that choice. On one occasion, Jesus said to a blind man called Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Just another way of saying, what would be your wish? What do you wish me to do for you? Now, it may have seemed obvious to everyone else, but Jesus did not assume anything. And it's important to remember, remind ourselves, God never assumes anything. And he invited, Jesus invited Bartimaeus to express his greatest wish. And the blind man said to him, Rabboni, I want to regain my sight. And Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you well. And immediately he regained his sight and began following him on the road. Now the story of Bartimaeus and that of Solomon are not that different. They both asked for something they didn't have but desperately wanted and believed absolutely in the power of God to grant them their request. This, however, is not always the case. Paul the apostle suffered from what he called a thorn in his flesh. And he asked God on three separate occasions to remove it from him. But God's answer to Paul was, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Paul's prayer was not answered in the way he wished. But more importantly, he received an answer far greater than he could have imagined and something far greater than the gifts given to Solomon or Bartimaeus. Paul received the ever-abiding presence, peace, and power of God. And this was a gift of pure excellence. This was a gift to Paul of God himself. Paul's response was one of great acceptance. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. The gift he received was far greater than the wish he had for healing. Unlike the genie of the lamp, who was duty-bound to grant the wish of their liberator, regardless of how good or bad that might prove, God, our Father, will only give good gifts to his children, gifts which are designed to bless and encourage and enrich their lives. James reminds us in his letter, every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or sinking shadow. And so, as we conclude our thoughts of what it means to have our heart's desire, we turn again to David and observe in this psalm that 
he is in a good place of blessing. Life is good for David at this point. He was surrounded by the gifts of God. We hear him rejoicing as he finds his strength and salvation in the Lord. And his heart is alive with praise. He's excited that God has given him his heart's desire. And listens to his prayers and the petitions he brings. This was a good place to be. And a sense of privilege is tangible. I wonder can we identify with David in that sense. That life is, is good for us at the minute. That we are in a pleasant place. But there's others of course who are in a not so good place. There could be those here like Paul who was desperate for healing and wanted God to intervene to give him his wish for healing, for peace, for rescue. But let us consider what was David's heart's desire. What was that thing he asked of the Lord? And we read these words. He asked life of you. You gave it to him, length of days, forever and ever. David's request was simple, yet powerful and wise. He asked the Lord for life, not a comfortable life, not a rich life, just life. And God granted him everlasting life. David's desire above all else was to live in the presence of the Lord forever. In order to do that, he must possess everlasting life. This was a theme David would return to again and again in the Psalms. One thing I have asked from the Lord that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. Certainly the blessings and gifts David had received from God could well have constituted his heart's desire. He had everything he needed. As king of Israel, he had out all the outward evidence of success and power to establish his throne and authority. Physically, he was strong. Emotionally, he was in a good place. God had dealt with his enemies and removed their power and influence. And because of all this, David is full of joy and gladness, which he knows comes from the Lord, and he will sing God's praise. All this, however, no matter how good life was for David at this point, this did not constitute his heart's desire or his greatest wish. The one thing God wanted above all else was to enjoy life with the Lord forever. David's greatest desire was God himself. It wasn't a comfortable life. It wasn't the wealth and the riches that we could enjoy. It wasn't even the health of life. What David wanted was God himself. Now the Lord gives to us many gifts to enjoy and precious gifts to treasure. But the greatest gift of God to us is Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And this is a gift already given by God to all who by faith and belief come to him in full surrender and repentance. This is a gift beyond measure or worth 
and truly eternal. This is the gift of true life. The world in which we live, move, breathe, and have our being today is changing. It's changing dramatically. And we could wish many things were different, both privately, personally, and nationally, globally. But we are wise when we make God himself our greatest wish and greatest desire. In the words of Henry Francis Light, a Scottish Anglican minister, when he wrote, Abide with me, he said these words, Swift to its close ebbs out life's little day. Earth's joys grow dim, its glories pass away. Change and decay in all around I see. O thou who changest not, abide with me. May that be our prayer and desire that we will know the presence, the abiding presence of God himself as our greatest wish and desire of life. Amen.